0: Handmakers. all right yo 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 what it do what it do it's your boy young report and i am here with mrs marsha then wing bird bird i'm going to pronounce it slowly because i don't want to butcher it <laughs> but awesome awesome story te- um storytelling business coach speaker, multiple uh, published author, awesome, and a two-time podcaster. I am honored to have you here. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So please, to get us started, give us some insight about what you do. And I am totally intrigued by When She Stopped Asking Why. That Mm. is an awesome title for a book, and I really want to know more
1: about it. <laughs> so oh, absolutely. Me, <laughs> absolutely. First off, thank you for having me here. I am thrilled to be here. There's a whole bunch of things that I do, and I will get to the name of the book, but what it really comes down to is there was a point in my life, probably a decade ago, where I found myself in our family dealing with teen substance abuse, and nobody asks for that. Nobody signs up for that. And I found myself fighting to look for answers and at the same time hiding hiding in shame. Like I just could not figure out how to navigate a difficult time like this. And it required ridiculous amounts of growth. There's just no other way to say it. Ridiculous amounts of growth and letting go of a lot of things that were not mine to own and control and reaching out for help, being vulnerable, burning down the inner circle, starting again, and getting really clear on what my choices were and how to take responsibility for myself in my life. And that is a really hard place to get to, especially when you're dealing with kids, because as a mom, you think you sign this contract somewhere that you are responsible for every single thing that happens in your family's life. And it got to the point where it was like, I think I subconsciously signed it, but I actually don't think that I did. And so I had to get to a space of letting go of things that weren't mine to control. And it's it's one thing to, you know, I look back at it now and I made those decisions. They were literally made out of desperation because there was no other choices to make anymore. Like there's just no other way to say it. I couldn't, I wasn't gonna survive living life the way that I was trying to live it. And I had to let go and in the process of letting go, I found so much strength within myself. Mm -hmm. And I found a purpose for my story. And I remember saying to a counselor at the time, everywhere I look, you know, take yourself back eight to 10 years ago. Nobody was talking about difficult things. Everything was very curated. then, like from social media to it was extremely curated. And I said, no matter where I go, I cannot find people talking about stories like this. Mm -hmm. And her words forever shaped and changed my life. And they were like, maybe that's because you're supposed to. And that's where it started. And I started on very small stages very small gatherings, um, support groups. I started speaking and the more I spoke, the more I healed, the more I heard messages from people who were all struggling with the same things. And I started writing collaborative chapters in books and my messages grew, the stages grew. And I decided in 2017 to write my solo book when she stopped asking why. And I remember when that title downloaded for me, And I remember saying to the publisher, this is what I want to call it. And she's like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, I actually think it makes perfect sense. Because for me, when I stopped asking why was when my life changed. Why is the victim question? It never gives us any answer. I don't care what the problem is. It's sorry to anyone, but it doesn't give you any answer. It won't change your story And the second I let go of that, this is a trick I use in my life, even today. When I say why, like, why is this happening to me? Why is it working out like this? My consciously, I flip it to asking what, what can I do? What is an action word? And little did I know that even five years ago, I didn't set out to start a business. I didn't set out to help people with their story. I really set out to help myself,
0: heal myself.
1: And through the process, it's opened up so many different channels that I could have never seen.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. I want to touch on something that you said, because it's something that me and my wife talk about all the time. And we've actually been teaching our children, even as young adults.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: it's about the parenting. Um, one thing's for certain, we tell our children that parenting doesn't come with the book. <laughs> it doesn't no manual. come with the book of instructions. No. So we're growing as our children are growing and a lot of parents need to take that concept adopt it um, inherit it suck it up do whatever you need to do but you need to take that concept and run with it because trying to control every aspect of your child's life trying to control every aspect of your family's life and even trying to control some things about your own life that's a battle that can go in any direction. And it is so hard to try and maintain a lifestyle living that way. That is extremely hard. And I am a <clears throat> firm believer that when you do change your whys into what your life is, also changes
1: <laughs> I I couldn't agree more and thank you for sharing that I think that that's like that message needs to be screamed from rooftops that as parents we are growing as we are growing as we are raising and I've used those words with my kids many times I, I remember even saying to them because they're grown men now and is a space of saying you know You didn't come with a manual. And if you did, I guarantee you, there was no manual for what you put us through. Like there's no manual. Exactly. (laughs) And I promise you, I made some big mistakes. I promise that I did. I promise you that I did the best I could with the situation that I had. Yes, indeed. I forgive you for anything. I do. I don't hold on to that because it's not, it doesn't serve anyone. And it's funny, because I'll say those things, and then I'll say, like, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to make a bazillion mistakes in your life, it's going to happen. But I do ask, like, was there ever a time that you were unclear about what my beliefs were about substance abuse and in our house? And honestly, they're they're like, oh, God, no, you were like crystal clear. I'm like, okay, so I was clear. So as long as I was clear, then that's all I asked for. But mistakes... We're all going to make them. We're all going to make yes. them.
0: Yes, we are. And the key thing about mistakes is one of the things, one of the other things that I teach my children is there's a difference between stepping back and going backwards.
2: Mm-hmm. When
0: you step back, that's just remembering a lesson that you learn mm-hmm. and you continue to move forward. But when you're going backwards, That's a downhill battle. And the hardest part about that downhill battle is ensuring that eventually I'm going to stop going backwards and go back to moving forward. Mm. That's so hard.
1: (laughs) That is so good. I had a mentor say to me once that, you know, when you're changing your life, it's like pushing a snowball uphill. It's Mm. so much work. Every single step, it adds up, it adds up, it adds up. But if you stop doing that work and you stop making those choices, you'll fall backwards faster than you could have ever imagined. Oh and that has always stuck with me because it's like, do I want to keep pushing it? Yes. I want to push the snowball uphill because for me, for a lot of times in the beginning, and it still can be a very slippery slope, like I can fall back into victimhood faster than anyone. Yes, but I have yes. to recognize it and I often say that as we continue to heal and grow, the things that used to take us out of the knees for weeks on end, they're like a tripping over a rock on the ground. It's like, okay, whoa, wake up. This is not how we do life. This is not what we do. And that's human, right? That's being human. We're all learning as we go, and yes, we yes. tend to give so much more forgiveness to others than mm-hmm. we ever do to ourselves. And that was something I had to really learn.
0: That is true. That is so true. That's that's one battle that's really tough because without self-preservation, how is it that we're even able to move forward in our lives just, just about ourselves? Because we have to know who we are. We have to know what we are, what we want, what our likes and dislikes are, what direction we want to go in. And we have to take all of those things and bundle them up and somehow collaborate them into a mission that we can actually follow
1: Mm. isn't that like you could end the show right there that's exactly right exactly right it's it's a journey right it's a journey and and i think that if you step into parenthood trying to be perfect which i did i did if you step into that like you're never going to achieve that and Honestly, the other scary piece of that is that you set your kids up to believe that's what life is supposed to look like as an adult. It's not achievable. It's a terrible message to send them. It's a terrible message.
0: Yes. So I want to bring up another important point. I myself have been in the family background where I have a lot of family members who suffer substance abuse as well as being alcoholics can you share with us what pushed you to move into that direction was it was there a desire to feel like okay i can stop at any time was there a time where you said that um i'm gonna try this for now because i don't have any other choice i mean what caused that to even start
1: Mm -hmm. No, it's a great question. And I know, I mean, part of the reason why I feel so passionate about sharing my story, because I don't really have to go far to find somebody else who's been affected by, I don't. And and we think we think we're the only ones. I guarantee you every conversation I have, Mm -hmm. it's either that person, they're connected to it. It's a six degree separation. It affects all of us. It really does. Yes, it does. So yeah, I, I, what I, what I can say is I had that, that moment that I think most of our change comes from that moment on the floor. You know, the moment where you basically fall and say, I can't do this anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That was my moment where I was just like, nothing I am doing is working. I was taking my little checklist. I was going to the different support groups. They're all saying, yep, you did everything. And I'm like, but you're not listening. I still have the problem. Like, I don't understand. I still, I don't understand. I've done what you've told me to. and I'm saying, because it's so that's a horrible thing to hear, but it was true. It wasn't my problem to solve. And so as we went through this, I got to a space of recognizing that I had to take some responsibility for myself. I was really full of a lot of anger and rage and a lot of, I, I don't like the person that I was then. I don't and i had to recognize that i had to stop blaming them and everyone else for where my life was at and I had to start taking responsibility for myself yes and in doing so that meant like taking full radical responsibility for what my choices were how i was showing up how i was responding right because i was reacting to everything i was like a hot fuse constantly fighting everything And I had to learn to respond and preserve my energy and take care of me. And what was self-care? What were boundaries? What was codependency? I had a lot of learning to do. I had a lot of learning to do. And the more I did that and took responsibility for myself, that was ultimately what everyone had to do. Like two people can't own a problem. And when you are in a codependent relationship, which... I fought that for a long time when they said, this is codependency. I'm like, that's not me. And it was me. It was hundred percent me. When I learned that that's what that was. And I started to let go of that and take responsibility for myself. That was exactly what they had to do as well. If they wanted to create change in their life, they had to do it themselves. It wasn't about me. They had to do it. And the other piece that was a real flip for me was that I got to the space of recognizing that change was going to come in their life it wasn't going to come from me because there was nothing left to do I was the parent they didn't want to listen to that and I kept thinking that's okay because the right person's going to cross their path I kept praying that the right person would cross their path
0: right. and make
1: a difference and then I had this moment of recognizing that who am I to expect someone else to show up mm-hmm. and share their story and impact their life if I'm not willing to do it too exactly
2: exactly
1: Exactly. And that was a, that was a big turning moment because I thought if I can actually do something productive with this worst pain that I am like feeling, how would that feel? Cause I already knew what the other felt like exactly. and that, that became a bit of a turning point. So I think all of those things stacked up to create change. It was never one thing and going back to the snowball like it it was it was messy it like it sounds really easy and right now i mean so many people have said it's yeah so many people have said it's easy for you because you're strong and i'm like oh my god no it was so messy it required a lot of habit stacking to do it and continuously making the decision of what i wanted my life to look like
0: and continuously trying to understand who you are (laughs) that I can can understand from some of the people who I've actually talked to about substance abuse. The most, um, the shortest, that was what I mean to say, the shortest answer that I've ever gotten when I asked about that is when I asked one of my relatives what was it that made her go into being into substance abuse And she said, I was stupid, I was a fool. And I'm just like, that really doesn't help me. But now that I've been doing these podcasts, I kind of understand a little bit more about her answer because she's not very good at communication. Like she'll talk, Mm -hmm. she'll talk your ears off but she's really not good at explaining things. So yeah. now I look at her background and the things that she's gone through throughout her life because she talks about some of the things that she's actually going through. And she actually talks to her daughters about some of the things that she actually to through. And good. it helped me to put the pieces together to really understand exactly what she was saying. Because that short answer mm-hmm. it was just like, it was daunting. Like, I don't understand.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, you know what it's, you saw my face when you said that answer. And it's just in the sense that I think it's really important that we don't apply like more shame, criticism, and judgment to <clears throat> choices that we're making in our life, because that doesn't create any change. It just doesn't. It's, it only adds more shame. And when we add more shame, we just keep ourselves stuck and quiet. Like shame loves silence and secrecy right so it's just not productive to add a label um shame criticism to those things I do believe that we make choices I also believe that for some people you can take two people one person can have a drink and not care if they ever have another one and one has a drink and they don't stop I think we're wired differently. I do think that there are actual reasons and things that happen. I don't think anybody sets out with the intention of creating that life. I don't. I I don't. I think that they're wired in a sense because nobody would choose that. Like nobody would choose that kind of um, life. It happens. And so I just think it's so important to not apply shame to a situation like that. But I also think it's not important it's important to not apply shame to anything because it doesn't change a situation.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I totally agree with you, especially with all of the people that I've come in contact with and started, you know, talking to. I totally agree with you. It's it's kind of hard, you know, when you know that person who has never experienced it. And you're trying to understand what someone else is actually going through. It's it's a it's a tough road. I mean, it's not it's not easy to understand. But at the same time, you're you're asking or I'm asking out of true sincerity because I really want to understand what people who have done that are actually going through. And it's not just about understanding what the other person has gone through is also about doing what I'm doing now, being able to talk to others. Like your story could also be advice to someone else, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? And if I could understand how the cycle process, how you went through this whole thing, then I hear someone else's story. Maybe there's a link that says, okay, well, about it all wrong so let me help you by not sharing the person's name or information but at least giving you some pointers that this person talked about Mm -hmm. that's to me that's important because I love helping people I love trying to take pieces of the puzzle and put it together (laughs) and it's I can't stop here, regardless of what I try to do. I just can't stop doing it.
1: <laughs> no, because you are following your purpose. Like you are following what your purpose is, and I, and you've been led here, right? Like you, you have been led here, and I think everyone has. Yes. The thing is, is that who we are today is made up of all of the lessons and experiences and things that we have walked through, and to deny big parts of ourselves because of what will someone else think of our story is literally blocking us. It's, it's literally blocking us. And I think it's really important that we own those parts. The messy parts of ourselves that we resist owning are actually the things that connect us the most to each other. They're the most relatable parts. Like, but we're so afraid to share them. So I like to go first and be real in a sense, because it, it gives others permission to go, Oh wait, you struggle with that too? And I'm like every day, like every day, every single day. And I like to be real because I think, especially in this time of social media, it's like, we're still craving real. We look at things that look curated and perfect, but I think majority of us are craving real connections.
0: And I also want to add, too, because I really love the way you put that. I also want to add, too, the genuine, real beauty of this whole entire thing is we omit (laughs) prejudiceness. At its strongest point, we omit it. And thankfully, we do get to do that because we are actually... Having the opportunity to actually be real, to speak to people of uh, different ethnicities, different um, um, sexes, different origins—it's like it doesn't matter who we're talking to now, as long as we get just as you said that opportunity to be real. Mm-hmm. As, long as it, we get the opportunity to be real,
1: <laughs> I I couldn't agree more, and I I think that's one of the things I love about podcasting is I get to connect with real people, real stories. Yes. And I, I mean, the one big message for everybody, no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. You might feel alone because people aren't still aren't talking about difficult things in life, but I promise you, you're not alone. When you find a way to be vulnerable and start to share a story, you will connect with people that you've never met yet. And I think that's the big thing. We don't tend to share those parts of ourselves because we look at the people who are in our life today and we think, Ooh, like, I can't share that. What are they going to think? What are they going to think? And it's actually not about them at all. It's the people you can't see yet. The people you haven't met yet that will connect with your words. And then they like, then that becomes your connection. So don't make your decisions based on the people in your life today because they might not be in your life in a week.
0: Yeah, that's true. Or the next few minutes, they may not be in your life.
1: Mm-hmm. I was gonna say minutes too. You know, I thought, well, that sounds harsh, but I'll go
0: with that. No, I agree.
2: That's so true.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: That's so true. <laughs> One other thing that I found to be important, um, as an author, we we write, mm-hmm. and a lot of our titles have some personal connection to us. What is the personal connection that you usually don't mention about your title? How is it personally connected to you?
1: (laughs) What a great question. No one's ever asked me that before. I (laughs) love being the guest because I get to be on the spot. Um, That's a great question. I think I will be, well, no, I know I will be completely real and honest here in the sense that I've spent a lot of my life as a victim. I'm just being so real with you. I think that there's a lot of different phases that we all go through. And I like I created this quiz because it's like, what are the blocks to owning your story? It's victim, people, pleaser, hider, and perfectionist. Because I spent my whole life in all of those.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And learning that those are parts of myself, I think this is the thing. The victim mindset for me created... Okay, I, I grew up with a lot of challenges and 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 trauma, like it, as a lot of people did, but I learned to like adopt that victim mentality, and then immediately to protect me became the fighter and perfectionist. And I mean, I love the fighter in me. Let me be real. I like she's a feisty little thing. I do. <laughs> she is. She is. But I don't need her in every single step confrontation. Ex- I don't need her. Yes. She supported me when I was a child. Mm -hmm. This is the piece is that we carry those parts of ourselves that really helped us in some difficult times, but we don't need them as an adult. And I had to get to a space of recognizing that no matter what was happening in my life, that... I had to change the story. I had to change the meaning of the story and that came from me. And so when she stopped asking why wasn't just about my story and at that time and learning to let go of the victim mindset, it was learning to see it, call it out, recognize that victim mindset is something I've done multiple times in my life. Yeah. And it's probably my default to be completely honest. And when that shows up, If you follow like the woo and the vibration, what happens is I drop into a terribly low vibration. I become the victim of everything that's happening around me. And I look for change outside of me when it will never happen that way. It only comes from within me. So fantastic question to ask (laughs) when she stopped asking why was me learning to let go of my victim mindset that did not support me in my adulthood.
0: Wow. Okay. That is, that is, oh my goodness! Definitely a lesson learned because <laughs> I'm learning as we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: and I, I, I honestly, I just love that question because that's a great reflective question for me to think about, and I love it. So thank you for asking.
0: You're very welcome. <laughs> so my next question is: In your journey, I know that a lot of times we look for balance in our journeys. Mm-hmm. So, in your journey, what? things that you perceive as negative about yourself, your journey that you have gone through and things of that nature, have come to light to this day as a positive
1: for you? Hmm. I love this interview. You're asking great questions, <laughs> honestly. Okay, so what things did I see as a, as a negative that are now a positive? Okay. All right. So when I was younger, I'm going to go here because I'm going to follow my gut. When I was younger, I was constantly called outspoken, right? If we look at um, how many girls were called like too much outspoken, you know, bossy, et cetera. Um, again, I was a fighter. That was me, me being an adult at eight and 10 years old is not when you have to be an adult, but that's when I became an adult. Mm -hmm. And those words were seen as a very negative, right? I was growing, I was growing up in the seventies when, when girls are not supposed to like, children aren't supposed to be heard. They're seen, not heard, but girls like your job is here. And I fought it nonstop. So I was constantly told it was too much. And I think I dimmed that for a long time subconsciously because it was always told I was too much and learning through this process when it came to a point of speaking and being vulnerable and sharing a story and having a podcast and writing books, man, I had to own that part again. Like I had to like take that back and say like, that's an asset. I am able to communicate a message. I am able to share and impact others quieting my voice, it suffocates me and it stops me from living the purpose that I'm here to live. So when I really started to switch that, it was like, no, I own my outspoken. I actually own that now and I'm proud of it. And if people don't like it, that's okay. They, maybe they're not my people. Like it's really fine. But even as I started to come through, I've been taking my NLP practitioner and master's and, and building this certification to support speakers and authors and learning their voice and sharing their story. Yes. And over the last month, it was funny because I named it and I named it Outspoken because I thought, how perfect is this that I'm actually going to honor the words that quieted me for so many years that actually are a strength. So there <laughs> is Outspoken That's what I'm going to say with that.
0: That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's also awesome. I truly especially love the part where you said you were quiet and it suffocated you. That is an analogy that should be written and posted all over so that other people can actually see that because being outspoken doesn't mean that you should be quiet. It means that you should redirect your conversation to those that actually need to hear it.
1: <laughs> yes and and my tagline I say it literally everywhere because I mean it and it kept me going is like someone somewhere is praying for the solutions you were holding on to yes. when you have found your way through a difficult time in your life and I know this sounds a little bit harsh but I'm again bold and outspoken I've already said that um, <laughs> when you found your way through a difficult situation once you make it through the door the solutions that you learned they're actually not for you anymore because you've already learned them. They're for you to pay it forward. And I like to choose to be part of the solution to yes, pay it forward. I, I know that's not for everyone because a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to stand on a stage and share a story. I'm like you don't have to, but when you walk through a door, you have a choice to hold it open for the person behind you or let it slam.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: Yes. You get to decide what you do with that. But
0: I'm a poet, so you get the smash for that one. <laughs>
1: Oh, I get snapped on that one. I love that. Hey, turn all that into something. Po- I just love it. I absolutely love it.
0: <laughs> I love that. That is awesome.
1: <laughs> A little bold, but here so I am.
0: <laughs> I have another question for you.
1: <laughs> I'm ready. I am ready.
0: <laughs> you sure?
1: <laughs> yep, I am.
0: <laughs> all righty. So another thing that happens with the majority of us, um, it happens at different times in our lives. So for you, what are some of the things that would have made you cry in the past that you probably hidden for a long, long time, but today they are actually memories and you can actually laugh about them?
1: Whew. Okay, so what would have made me cry in the past, but there are memories that I can look at now and laugh at them? (laughs) Mm. I can laugh. I think I can laugh at myself in ways and recognize. Like I recognize um, how my younger self tried to handle situations, how to handle how she tried so hard to handle things that there were, again, no manual, no rule book, no guidance, no nothing. And I look at what, God, I look at what she used to do. And again, she was a fighter. So like, I was definitely a fighter then. So I fought everything. Like if, if you want to have a confrontation, cool, I'm ready to go. Like, it was always a case of that. If you backed me into a corner, it was pretty scary what would come out. And I'm very fast. I'm very sarcastic with my words sometimes. That was a coping mechanism, and nice. yep, and I and I was, and but again, I didn't use it as a sense of humor. I used it as a survival. So I I look back sometimes and I'm like, man, she like I wasted so much energy on fighting every single fight around me that I. Didn't even need to, I wasn't even invited to the fight. It wasn't even mine, but I just, that fighter in me was like, oh, I got this one. Like I got this one or someone's being taken advantage of. No, I've got that one too. And all of a sudden I'd be like juggling, you know, 10,000 things at once and none of them were mine. And I wasn't in that process, not taking responsibility for myself. Hey, I'm still I'm the advocate. That's who I am at the core. I love to fight for people who deserve that. Like that I the people who nobody else wants to fight for. That's what I like to fight for. I love those stories. I love those stories. Yes indeed. Yeah, it's in me. It's who I am. And, but I've also, I can look back and I do laugh at myself sometimes because it's just, you know, especially now I'll be in a situation where an argument comes up or somebody does try to bait me like somebody who maybe has been in my life for most of it. And will try and bait because that's, they're used to that dance (laughs) and I'll just kind of sit and say nothing because actually saying nothing sometimes is very powerful.
0: silence silence Silence. yeah communication
1: you can ever use yes (laughs) it is so powerful and so I can laugh at how I used to do things and the same situation will come up and I will just sit there and they're like you don't have anything to say I'm like no not really like not really (laughs) and it's a it's way more powerful I save my energy we don't have to fight in every single battle we're invited to and (laughs) but I do have a sense of humor. Cause I do, I do see my own growth sometimes and I'm like, Ooh, I have actually come a long way." So I do honor that.
0: That's awesome.
1: <laughs> How's that for an answer?
0: Yes. <laughs> so you learn to pick and choose your battles. That's I
1: best. do. I do. But if I do pick that battle, like I, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty feisty.
0: You're going
1: to own it. <laughs> I own it. I 100% own it. I, I do. I
0: love feisty women. Um, because my wife, she's feisty. She's very feisty. I
2: love it. <laughs> I very... love it. I, <laughs> I do. I love it.
0: I love it because it, it, to me, it shows a um, character that says, I'm stronger than what you perceive me to be, for one. And for two, don't try it because I actually have something to come back. I may not use it at this moment, but yeah. T-
1: believe I have something to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I 100% do. I 100% do. And you know what? My husband totally gets that. He's like we've been together for so many years, but it is funny. I do have to say to the feisty women that are out there, like, I love you. It's like, you be feisty as much as possible <laughs> and it's okay to ask for help.
2: Yes, It's
1: okay to ask. There would be so many times he's like, you, you, I appreciate how strong you are you don't actually have to do it all by yourself. And I'm like, right, right. So that's always been a lesson too, (laughs) that it's okay to ask for help.
0: I've had to say that to my wife
1: too. (laughs) Oh yeah, many times, many, many times.
0: The only difference is I took a slightly different approach. I told her, I was like, well, if you ever decide that you want your partner to help, I'm here.
1: (laughs) Oh, That's good. That's really good, honestly. (laughs) we don't like to be told what to do like we don't like it so that's a great approach
0: and I refuse I refuse to be that type of guy because in my past there was a lot of being told this and told that and I was an abused child so it's very hurtful for me to be forceful to someone in a situation where it's not necessary Mm -hmm. so knowing that knowing my wife's past and knowing that I've been through some horrible things in my time, I tend to approach things differently. My mm-hmm. approaches are usually something like, um, we can do this together or I like your point of view, but can I add something to it? You know, it's, it's something like that. So. <laughs> <I'm>, well, you <laughs> know
1: why you, you've, just by sharing that, and I just want to say thank you for sharing that because <laughs> what you're doing, like you're changing, you've changed generations to come because, because of the approach. And that's, I think that is something that like we joke, but it's true. Every once in a while, there's a person that comes in that is meant to change the generation and they will go through a lot of challenges. And a lot of times people say, they call that the black sheep of the family. Mm-hmm. And I recently went through this this process where I was like, you know what? I don't like black sheep. Let's go with gold sheep. Let's call it gold sheep. That gold sheep comes in and is put through so many challenges that they decide to change the story and change the narrative. And they then change generations to come. Yes. Not everybody likes them. Not everybody agrees with them. But they're here to do something powerful. And I think that's exactly what you're here to do, because to take circumstances, as you just shared, and we all know there's more to the story, to change that and to change the narrative, you then change the relationship, you change it with your kids, you change it with the people you get to connect with. And I think that is incredibly powerful. So thank you for sharing.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But I do this, I do this with my children, and it's always a very touchy situation for me because my children, also, not all of them, but three of them, two of them have actually suffered being with an abused woman. And thank goodness I got out of that situation. And I talk to them to this day. I'm still working with them and coaching with them because I have four years of psychology. So I use that to my advantage to help my children. Beautiful. Get through things throughout life. And to this day, it's been phenomenal because now they're both adults and one of them has one child. (coughs) My daughter still doesn't have any children yet, so it's mom. She says she's waiting for marriage, so <laughs> no complaints here.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, I
0: hear you. And it's been, it's been a journey. It's been a journey, and their mom still has a lot of negative things to say about me, although I think that I did us both a favor because I left with my children I took my children wow. away from this type of situation I took myself away from this type of situation and now things have gotten better for all of us
1: Yeah. You know? so wow that's beautiful thank you for sharing that no it's it here's the thing is it like because people ask me all the time like how do I change this person how do I get them to see it I'm like that's not your job your job is to lead yourself
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: be that example, like be that change, be that example. And if they decide to change with you, they do. If they don't, they don't. It's not your job to create change in them. It's your job to lead yourself and let that ripple out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yes, Mm -hmm. indeed. And I I feel like too, that I know that parenting doesn't come with a guide or a book of instructions, but I feel like too, that if we choose to be more of a guide to our children as opposed to trying to be their leader, trying to control them. If we serve as more of a guide and educate them on the things that they're actually doing, our mm-hmm. children will actually go in a better direction than we assume that they would go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And I love having this conversation with somebody who does have adult children. Cause I don't always get that. I have a lot of people who have like younger kids and they are ask the questions, right. About how do you fix this? How do you stop this? But I love having it with um someone who has adult children, because it's a very different reflection point when you're looking at them as adults. Yes. And you know, here's a, here's a thing that might ruffle some feathers with parents, especially when they're younger, but we hold, I'm going to say it anyways, We hold on to this belief that how our kids turn out is 100% a reflection of us. So if they are making mistakes, it reflects on us. Mm -hmm. And I did that for a while. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. It's like we don't have the same brain. We don't share the same brain. They are their own individuals, and they have to learn themselves. We have learned incredible lessons ourselves from the mistakes that we have made. We have to let them have the chance to learn. We're blocking their growth when we don't. And then when they do make those changes, like I remember when my, I remember when my one son went back to school after two years and was like, and he's, they both, they're doing incredible things right now. And they said, you know, like, thank you for the support. And I'm like, you're welcome. And know that you're the one that created this. Yes. Because I didn't. Yes. We can't own their wins. In and not own their losses at the same time, right? We have to let them, they let them own it so that they can make a change. And when they make that change, praise them for making the decisions that they made. Not, it's not us. Like we're not meant to keep them. I love, I love, love you, but I just have to say this. We're not meant to keep them. We're meant to raise them, to let them lead their life. And the more we empower them to make those decisions, even if they're really small ones, when they're little, Mm -hmm. the more we empower them to make their decisions, let them learn from those decisions, the more they're going to build that trust within themselves so that as they get older, they can make those decisions. So I just felt called to share that.
0: Cindy, I love it. I love it. It's a very powerful message. I just want to add something to it, which is let's understand that as parents, The old saying is, it takes a village to raise a child, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Some people don't understand what that means. And the way that I break it down is, when you are talking about a village raising your children, it's not like back in the days where you had an actual village of people living together and they were teaching your children different things. In today's society, that village is, you have mom, you have dad, you have siblings you have uh family members you have the teacher you have the people that your children walk past every day you have the stores that your children go to every day you have so many different things now learning from and let's just understand too that learning doesn't always come from what's being said to our children or what's being handed down to our children. Some of it comes from their own vision and what they perceive that vision to be, their own understanding, how they collect that information and utilize that information in their everyday lives. So mm-hmm. when you're looking at this village, you're looking at a whole bunch of things and a whole bunch of people that our children actually interact with on a daily ba- daily basis when you're not even around.
1: So, oh, so, <laughs> so true. That's that what a great point.
0: Understand that that village is raising your child. So, to your point, just like you stated, you can't own when your child makes that big leap in their life, that super achievement in their life. You can't own that. Why? Because that village took all the information that they had, that village collectively. Help that child to become the person that they are today. So we get about this much. Yep. yep. About this much. And the child gets this much.
1: <laughs> so well said. So well said. Honestly, so well said. And that like let them empower them, give them that. Because that will continue to help them to have confidence to make those decisions. Yes. They're going to keep making them for the rest of their life. They've got to decide. You know, we we've had situations where both of my kids have asked me, like, mom, what do you think? And I'm like, well, what do you think? Like, what do you, what are you okay with? Like what level of risk are you okay with? What do you want to have in your life? Well, I don't want this. I'm like, okay, then like make a decision. Make a decision and move forward. I we really want to empower them to be able to make decisions on their own.
0: Yes, indeed. you have to. We have to, because if we don't, then they become a victim of circumstance. And that's one thing we don't want to see our children go through. Become a victim of uh, your own belief. Become a victim of your own empowerment. Become a victim of your own growth. Become a victim of your own success. Become a victim of what Means the most to you, and take everything that you've learned, everything that you've adapted to, everything that you accept, and move forward with your life. Be a victim of those things, Mm
2: -hmm. not
0: a victim of circumstance, because when you look at circumstance, circumstance is unwired. There is no telling which direction circumstance can lead you into. But when you own everything about yourself, there is no other circumstance except the one that you created for yourself. <laughs> so
1: powerful, seriously, that's so powerful. It always takes that takes me back to like the Stephen Covey quote that I have used for probably eight years that speaks to me and helped me in a difficult time. Is like you are not a product of your circumstances; you're a product of your decisions. Yes. So we do have a choice in how we respond to everything that's happened. And it's funny because if we think back to the world of social media or the world of like, just however we want to say it, most of the people that we look up to and we admire for what they have achieved and and created in their life, I guarantee you, they walk through storms that you've never seen before. You just don't know it. So it like it's, they didn't get there the easy way they got there because they walked through very difficult times in life. And we all have that part to us.
0: Yes, indeed. And even some of the ones that a lot of people look at as, um, you've been handed a silver spoon, you had this and you had that. What were some of the things, because we can't answer this, so I'm going to ask this question, because we can't answer it, what were some of the things that these children went through in their time of growing up while their parents were so busy doing other things? Take, for example, the Kardashians, their father, very wealthy man, what did those children go through him not while he was not there? What did those children go through whenever they did get a chance to spend time with dad? How many emotions cluttered their brains, their bodies at such a young age before they came to a level of understanding, before... They got into the position that they're in now before people started really knowing who they who they are, before any of this ever happened, what did they go through? And I'm asking that question because we can't answer it. Only no. they can.
1: <laughs> no, and I and I think this ties in beautiful beautifully with everything we've talked about, in the sense that. Like one thing I've learned on my journey is the piece on judgment, right? Like we, we think we know someone's story. I I mean, I literally say this every day. You have no idea what someone's story is. You think you do, but you have no idea. And you don't know, you might be looking at their chapter 40 and you don't know what the 39 before that looked like. Mm -hmm. And so the same with the Kardashians, not my, like, I'm not a big reality TV person, But when it comes down to it, like, we don't know what their backstory, was. we don't know. We think we know, we never know. And I always say, whatever you think you know about somebody, I promise you, you don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. You don't have a clue. (laughs) So it's just easier, right? To just say, like, it's just, I don't know what they've come through, but I always believe everybody has so many parts of their story that we don't know. And it just requires like more compassion, more, less judgment and recognizing that we're all walking through challenges that most people can never see.
0: Now, one thing I do like is how Planet Fitness has marketed the no judgment zone. I love that. <laughs> that is beautiful how they market that. And I pretty much have always lived my life that way um, mm-hmm. after I came into understanding that I'm not going to judge other people. I'm not going to judge what someone does or how they do it because there has to be a process that they understand on how they're doing things the way that they're doing. If Mm -hmm. you can share something or share some type of advice with them, then by all means do so. Mm -hmm. I'm not a TV person at all. I really don't care to watch TV at all. But there are certain things that I do like to watch, like, you know, Marvel, DC, things of that nature, (laughs) because I love the creativity in all of it. And I also draw on the artist, So I I love to see how they put together different artworks with these different characters and how they make them do all these things. And to add something to that is you never know what creativity a person has until they've opened up a door that would allow you to see. <laughs>
1: oh, there's so much good there. There's so much goodness there. I do think that you know a creativity door is something that opens, and it's part of a situation experience that has come through. Like I, I. I'm not, I can't draw. Like, I'm not that. That's something I certainly can't sing. Um, but I can write, and I can speak, and I do love to podcast, and I can connect to audiences. And those doors opened up through the most difficult experiences of my life. And so I do agree with you that Our creativity is opened up when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to experience it to allow it to happen which is just no different than sharing the story right it's no different than owning that piece of ourselves and i think there's just we are such powerful people and the more we can learn to stop shutting off parts of ourselves because of what others think say whatever whatever the word is The more we can learn to stop shutting those parts of ourselves up, I think all of a sudden we're going to open up and see what we are capable of. And as you go, Marianne Williamson, one of my favorite quotes, right? It's not our darkness that scares us. It's our light. It's our light. It's what we can do. And that is so freaking scary because we're way more powerful than we think.
0: Yes, indeed. I totally agree with you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is so true. So... I am super happy about this, this podcast, because I really think that people can really learn a lot from all the things that we've shared with one another, all the things that we've talked about. I really feel like people can learn a lot from it. So I would definitely like to take this time for you to take this time to share with us one of the most important points in life that you've actually learned from that others can learn from as well.
1: Mm-hmm. There's so many. First off, thank you so much, um, Honestly Yellow, for having me here. This has been a fantastic conversation. I have loved it. It Like I've loved it and you've challenged me in such good ways and I love being challenged. Um, <laughs> I think the big thing I want to say is, is that Your story and what you have walked through has made you who you are, whoever you are. Don't hide those parts of yourself, learn how to own them so that even if you're not in a space that you want to stand on stage or write a book, learning how to own and love all the parts of yourself, honestly, will allow you to have that personal power back to stop feeding the story and stop giving it the power that you have given it. And when you do that, you can step into a space of strength. That's been there all along. Like you have it, you have it available within you and learning that I'm telling you, it can open up people, opportunities, possibilities, experiences that you could not even imagine. Just like being here today, having a conversation with a total stranger that we just met an hour ago that's the beautiful thing about when you step into who you are don't block that like find a way through because honestly it's so freeing to be on this side of it
0: yes indeed yes indeed powerful words powerful words (laughs) you have my blessings powerful words (laughs) so can you also please share with the people that don't know where they can reach you learn more
1: Absolutely. I've made it so easy for you because I have such a long last name. If you go to Google and you type Marsha Van W, it all pops up, whether it's social media, my website, it's all there. And my main podcast and my solo podcast is Own Your Choices, Own Your Life, which is really not surprising after the conversation we've had today. That is just under episode 500. We have done so many incredible interviews on it. And my podcast, just like you, is my baby. My second one is called Everybody Holds a Story because I believe our bodies hold stories. And it's just learning how to let go and heal that inner trauma inside of our body honestly will free us in so many beautiful ways. So I'm all about bodies and stories and freedom and impact and honestly fun and experience. So you can find me anywhere online. Ms. Marsha, it
0: has definitely been a pleasure. I truly thank you. I don't want our time to end on <laughs>
1: It's <laughs> been a great conversation.
0: Great, this has been great. Powerful information, powerful um topics. I'm just loving it. I am so in far uh, in a bliss, in a positive zone right now. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you for being with us. Many blessings to you. Peace and blessings. Thank you so much. It's Thank you.
2: You too.